Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 16. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. So when they came out, they looked at it, they said, what is it? They were saying manna because that's what it means. What is it? They didn't know what it was. And then Moses, notice, explained to them, it is bread from heaven in verse 15. This is bread which the Lord has given us to eat. Over and over, saints, listen, manna in the Bible is more referred to as bread of heaven or bread from heaven than it is manna. You will find the phrase bread from heaven more often than you will find the word manna in the Bible. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 15, you gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought them water out of the rock for their thirst and told them to go possess the land which you had sworn to give them. Psalm 78, verse 24, he rained down manna on them to eat and given them of the bread of heaven. Psalm 105, verse 40, the people asked, He brought quail and satisfied them with bread from heaven. Here's something interesting for you. Psalm 78 verse 25 says that the people in the wilderness ate angel food. Don't you love that? The manna is called angel food. It's like food. Now we know what the angels eat. People, do angels eat? Well, the Bible says that there's angel food. So some of y'all need to thank God you'd be eating in heaven. I mean, it might be angel food, but I guarantee you'll like it. Because God's going to change us. And part of that change is changing your taste buds. He's going to change your taste buds so you'll like it. Angel food. Very interesting. Now, notice in verse 16, God said, let every man gather it according to each one's need. Notice one omer. Look at it again in verse 16. One omer for each person, according to the number of persons. If you're taking notes, you can write this in your margin. An omer is approximately six pints. So you would take six pints and multiply it times two million people. You have 12 million pints of manna each morning or nine million pounds per day. That's four thousand five hundred tons of manna per day. Four thousand five hundred tons daily of manna. And keep this in mind. 
every Friday morning or pardon me, every Friday evening before the Sabbath, they had to gather enough for the Sabbath. Therefore, they gathered 9,000 tons of manna. And there are some scholars who say, oh, they got all kinds of, I don't even have time tonight. They got all kinds of explanations on the miracles in the Bible. And they always try to explain away the miracles of the Bible. And they always, you know, want to say, well, it's this and it's that. And they try to explain away the miracles of the Bible. Listen, I believe when God says that he provided manna supernaturally in the wilderness to feed and provide for his people, I believe that. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. I believe that. Because that's the kind of God we serve. A God of provision. God always provides. So if God leads you in the wilderness, God will provide for you in the wilderness. Because I think it was Chuck Smith who said, where God guides, he Don't you know where God guides, he provides. So the children of Israel gathered some more and some less. I get the impression that some of them wanted seconds, some more and some less. Now, listen closely. Manna, manna, the bread from heaven is a picture of Jesus Christ. In the Bible, in type, we talk a lot about typology here. Manna is a picture of Jesus Christ. John chapter 6, verse 32 through 35, I think I've got it on the screen for you. This is what Jesus says. Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down, he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, what do he say, saints? I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. John 6 is all about, here's your homework Go read it. John 6 is all about the bread which came down from heaven. And as you study this bread from heaven, there are many, many lessons that you can learn from this story here in Exodus 16, of which we don't have time to discuss a lot of them tonight. But one thing that I do want to point out is that the manna you want to notice was gathered daily. Did you notice that? They had to gather it daily. You couldn't gather enough for two days. You couldn't take a to-go box so you can microwave it tomorrow. They had to gather it daily. In other words, you couldn't have yesterday's manna. Now, manna is a picture of Jesus Christ. Manna is also compared to the word of God in the Bible. And isn't it true, saints, perhaps you've been a Christian for more than a month. You know this. Isn't it true? You can't go on yesterday's word. Amen. Amen. I agree. That's why, you know, that's why going to church on Sunday, just on Sunday, is not enough. 
Because what you're doing is you're pulling into the church trying to get filled up on Sunday like you do your car at the gas station. Which I know where some really cheap gas is, by the way, if y'all want to know. <laughs> but you go in the gas station, you get filled up, man. That's going to take you for a while in your car. But it doesn't work that way in your life. Going to church on Sunday, getting filled up is great. But you need to have a time where you're in the word daily. Because you can't go on yesterday's manna. This Christian life, this Bible thing is a morning thing. Oops. A lot of people don't like mornings. I talk to a lot of people. And they go, I'm just not a morning person. Can I share something with you? God is. <laughs> it's the truth. It is the truth. God is a morning person. And God, listen, he wants, here's the lesson. They had to go out and get the manna in the morning. God wants us to take our time in the word and our devotion time. And really, I believe there ain't no legalism here. Hear me. I'm not talking about legalism like if you don't, you're going to hell. <laughs> but what I'm saying is this. I do believe from a scriptural standpoint, it is better for you to have your morning devotion versus your noontime, lunchtime, drive time or evening time evo- devotion. Because some people tell me they have their drive time devotion. They get in the car and they, oh, I just talked to Jesus all the way to work. Well, you're a better Christian than me. Because when I get out there on that 440, I'm going to be talking, but it might not be to Jesus. (laughs) Say amen, fellow 440 people. Oh, no, 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 no. I really believe that there's something very supernatural about morning devotion. And we all struggle with it. And you get up in the morning, and I'm not talking to you and not preaching to myself. We all get up in the morning, and it's an interesting thing how Satan will put a thousand things before you to do that you have to have done whenever you decide you're going to get in the Word. Now, it's an interesting thing how these things never come to mind when you want to sleep in. You never think, oh, I got to sleep in. Oh, I want to sleep in, but I got so much to do. I better not sleep in. You don't think that. You think I want to sleep in. I think I will. (laughs) But when you say, you know, I want to get up and I want to spend some time with God and, and, and get in the word and just take a few moments. It's better to do it in the morning because as you get going through the day, you know, things crowd out God's word. Somebody say amen. You know that's right. Things crowd out the word. And, and before you know it, you know, you've gone through your whole day and you haven't gotten the word. And so you get home and you get in the bed. And, and, and I told you guys, I named my bed the word. And, and so when people call me in the morning, 3 a.m., they say, what you doing? I say, I'm in the word. They say, oh, you spiritual pastor. really am. But you know I mean? You get home, and for me, at night, I get in the Word, 
and you know you you start reading and and you're tired and it's a long day and 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 you and you and you just you just don't it's not the same as if when you wake up in the morning god has a lot to say about waking up and getting in the word isaiah 50 verse 4 perhaps you're taking notes it reads this the lord god has given me the tongue of the learned that i should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary He awakens me morning by morning, and he awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Psalm 63, verse 1. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. It's so important, guys, to get the manna in the morning. Manna in the morning, because the day seems to rob your attention and becomes demanding. And you know what happens if you don't spend that time in the morning? It gets eaten up by the heat of the day and it melts away just like verse 21. So they gathered it. Look at verse 21. They gathered it when saints every morning and every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, what happened to it? It melted away. There you go. And so it was in verse 22 on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much. Man, that's 9,000 tons of manna. Twice as much bread. Two omers for each one. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And then in verse 23, then he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest. There's that law. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today. Boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. And so they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded. And it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. And then Moses said, eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Well, six days you shall gather it. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath There will be none or no manna on Saturday. And it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. God said, don't do. God said, don't go out to try and gather it. And what do they do? What do some folks do? Go out and try to gather it. So the Lord said in verse 28 to Moses, God's so gracious, God's so patient. He's still speaking to him. I'd stop talking to him. (laughs) Then I'd burn him up. No, I wouldn't. The Lord said to Moses in verse 28, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days Let every man remain in his place and let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. And so the people rested on the seventh day, and the house of Israel called its name, what saints? Manna, and it was like white coriander seed. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And so God said, note this, saints, take the manna, bake it, boil it, roast it, fry it, do whatever you want to do with it, but this is what you have. And God provided that for 40 years, and they got sick of the manna. 
for 40 years eating the same thing. And they got sick of it. And they said, man alive, can't we eat something else? (laughs) And then they got, here we go. And then they got creative in the way that they prepared the manna. I'm sure that they probably came up with a manna cookbook. I'm serious, like exchanging recipes. And they had different manna dishes. They made manicotti, <laughs> banana bread, <laughs> banana splits. And so notice now in verse 20, I do that every time I do the, the manna thing. So, okay, fine. If you're new here, you think that's funny. And if you're not, then you don't. And in verse 31, it tells us, now notice this here, saints, the manna was white coriander and it tastes like honey. Listen, look at it. Verse 31, it tastes like honey. See, I see the grace of God right there. I see the grace of God. It tastes like honey because God gave them the manna. They had to eat it for 40 years. And God gave them the manna and he made it sweet. It was like eating sweet bread. You know, God could have made it taste like rice cakes. like cardboard, styrofoam. God could have made it taste like anything he wants, but God is so loving, so caring, so gracious, so, so, so nice. That's the best word I can come up with there. Nice. That he makes it taste like honey. It was like eating sweet bread every single day. Notice in verse 32, then Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it. To be kept for your generations that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness. And when I brought you out of the land of Egypt and Moses said to Aaron, take a pot and put an omer of manna in it and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel, they ate manna for 40 years until they came to an inhabited land, until, now there's the operative word there in verse 35, until they came to an inhabited land, they ate manna, until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is one-tenth of an ephah, just in case you're confused. (laughs) I'm thinking verse 36 is there, other than that, it'd have no reason. And so they ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. In other words, listen, saints, when they came into the promised land, the manna ceased. The manna was God's way of providing for them. But when they came to the promised land, into the land of Canaan, God no longer supernaturally provided the manna. Now they're in the land of Canaan. Now they're expected to work. Now, what does that teach us? That teaches us that God will provide our needs, whether it's supernatural or God's way of providing for your needs is working. 
And God's not going to provide for you supernaturally when you have opportunity to work. Some folks. Well, you find a job yet, bro? Well, I'm just waiting on manna. Well, you're going to starve. Because God does not work that way. God is under no obligation to supernaturally provide anything for you when he's put work before you, a job before you. He's put a way for you to take care of yourself and to take care of your family. And stop praying about God providing something supernatural and say, hey, I need to get to work. Because that's what God did. Now, where you can't work, God will always take care of you when he's got a plan and a purpose. But there comes a place where that stops. Personal story. We got here in 95. And March of uh, uh, June, July, 95. And I got here, you know, we talk about tent making on Sunday morning, Paul making tents to provide for himself and so on and so forth and working while he did the ministry, working during the week, ministry on weekends. So we got here to plant the church, didn't know what the Lord was going to do. And I began looking for a job, thinking I'm going to do some tent making as we plant the church and see what the Lord does. And I could not get a job. I just couldn't get a job. I was applying for jobs everywhere, and it wasn't like I had no skills. I mean, I just got out of the Navy, and I uh, had uh, some, you know, some time ago, I had a couple of three years, I'd gotten out of the Navy, and, you know, I was in the medical field, and, 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 uh, and so, but I couldn't find a job. And, and during the time that I couldn't find a job, it was very interesting how the Lord would put it on people's heart to send us money that we never asked for. And the Lord put it on people's heart just to send us money. And to, uh, they would just enclose a card, remember, honey, and just say, hey, the Lord just put it on my heart to send you this money. And, and don't, don't know why and be blessed. And, and, and they didn't know, but I knew why, because that money was going to buy some beans. And uh, <laughs> I was just like praising God. And I mean, honestly, the Lord, I kid you not, God supernaturally took care of us for months. While, and I couldn't find a job. I was looking around, and, 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 and God was just closing that door for me to work, and he was providing supernaturally through people from around the country. People were sending us gifts and, that, that we didn't even know. We, didn't, we never told anybody, but God paid the bills, and hey, we didn't lose no weight during that time. So, and, <laughs> amen. So that means we ate, y'all. And, and, and God provided, I mean, we, 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 you know, I just, supernaturally, God just continued to take care of us. But then as the church got going, now I could see why I couldn't find a job, because the church got going fairly quickly, and we had a good number of people pretty shortly, and I needed to be available to minister to those people. And if I had taken a job, then I wouldn't have had that availability, and things wouldn't have worked out the way that they have. So now, looking back, I can see why I couldn't find a job. But even in that time that I couldn't find a job, God supernaturally provided. When the church was able to take care of us and begin to give us somewhat of something of a salary, then we started getting that. And it was very interesting because I didn't call any of those people and tell them to stop sending the money. <laughs> I, look, let me say it like this. 
I ain't going to close my hands with no blessing. Y'all know what I mean. Say amen, would you? Don't be shutting your hands up. But my wife always told me, said, Ronnie, you all your hands like this, man. You know, let, let God bless you. God can't put nothing in your hands if they're like this. You got to open them up and praise the Lord and let God bless you and put something in your hands. So I wasn't going to do this to the blessings of the Lord. I make no phone calls, all right? And uh, But God just tapered that off. God took care of that, and he began to provide a different way. So just like the children of Israel going through the wilderness, God stopped providing the manna supernaturally because when they get into the promised land, a land is flowing with milk and honey, now they're expected to work. But either way, it's God's provision. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.